0: I'm continuing in the series, but today it's think on whatever is of good report. Your translation may say what is admirable or what is commendable. We've been in this series for a while. We've gone through the various things that the Apostle Paul, as he closes his letter to the Christians in Philippi, that he's letting them know that so much of how they're able to, going to be stand, uh, uh, able to stand, so much of how they're going to be able to persevere and carry on will start in their minds. In their thinking. And so we went through whatsoever is true and noble and just and pure and lovely. Realizing that we're looking at these concepts not from how the world defines them. I'm not interested in how the world defines truth because for the most part, it's abandoned the idea of truth. The world will tell you there is no truth. It's relative. Well, yes, truth is relative, and my relative is Jesus Christ. And he is truth. The world will tell you that there is nothing noble or honorable in this life. That it's all for nothing and nothing matters. But bowing your knee before the Lord Jesus Christ is the only thing and the most thing that matters here. The world will tell you there's nothing just or pure or lovely. But it always comes back to not just the definitions, but these concepts have meaning in our minds, when they're linked to a relationship, a growing, living, breathing relationship that we have with Jesus. So I will once again read chapter, uh, Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, If there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. Because again, this is not just about having a clear head or a happy thought life. This is about having the God of peace. Be with us, and is anybody in need of any peace in their lives today? So today we look at whatever is of good report, things that are commendable, things that are admirable, things that are reputable, things that are encouraging. And let me be clear from the outset what I am not talking about. I am not talking about the power of positive thinking or just wishful thinking or looking on the bright side Paul is talking about something much deeper it should not be a shock to anyone at least anyone that's willing to look at life honestly that we live in a broken world it's broke division is everywhere It just seems we can't agree on anything. Anger seems to be just behind everyone's next breath. People can be smiling and enjoying, but one word, one comment out of place, and all of a sudden this anger and rage that you wonder where it came from. Weren't we just laughing a moment ago? Anxiety. Because so much around us is so unstable. Pain and mistrust everywhere. The avenues for sorrow are all around us. Individually, everyone is dealing with something. But, Pastor, my life is perfect. (laughs) Liar. You're a liar. As a community, we're dealing with always something. As a nation, it seems we're always dealing with something. As a planet, it just seems we're always dealing with something. Romans chapter 8, verses 20 and 21. For the creation was subjected to futility. Not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself will also be delivered from the bondage of corruption into glorious liberty of the children of God. The world, because of the fall, we are sub- this world is subjected to futility. In bondage and corruption, Paul tells the church at Rome. But in Jesus, we have hope. I'm going to say that again. In Jesus, we have hope. And not only in Jesus do we have hope, but we also have what is the theme of Paul's letter to the churches in the Galatian provinces. We have glorious liberty. See, I see people all around fighting for their rights, whether it be non-Christians or Christians. But I have all the rights I have because Jesus has set me free. Amen. It just seems today it's easier to believe the worst about somebody than to believe the best. News scandals travel faster than news about good things or good deeds, especially if it's of a public figure. And let's be honest, we're in church, especially if it's of a public figure you don't like. You want to believe that one right away. It's almost like people would rather believe in the evil stuff than in the good stuff. Is it any wonder people have an issue or a difficult time embracing the concept of an all-loving, all-gracious, all-merciful God? But here, Paul says, think on whatever is of good report. We're tempted each day, and maybe this is just me, so if it's just me, that's okay. But we're tempted each day To just pull the covers over our eyes, not get out of bed, and forget that there's anybody out there. Because all that's out there, it seems sometimes, is bad or painful. And that it'll eventually cause hurt. And then Paul has this nerve to say, think about what is of good report. Paul, what are you drinking I believe in this specific exhortation where this is where we get to truly demonstrate that we believe God, that we believe his plan, and that we believe he is still in control all the days of our life. We need to believe that God is working in this day to make himself known. God is alive and well. He is still on the throne, and he is still able to move in powerful ways. Psalm 19, verse number 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament, that's what we're on, show his handiwork. Everywhere we look, we see God. Even in this broken, corrupt world, in this broken, corrupt state, God is working, revealing his love, his power, and his glory through all creation. Romans chapter 1, verse 20. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Well, clearly seen to some. Being understood by the things that are made and even his eternal power, and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Well, God's never revealed himself to me. Open your eyes. People can say all they want. They've not seen God. But his handiwork is all around us. All of creation testifies to his greatness. All of creation testifies to his power. All of creation testifies to the fact that our God is awesome. That's why, even for unbelievers, a walk in a park in springtime can just refresh the soul like few things can. That's why we can watch nature in all of its fullness and be renewed deep within. It's because creation is giving God praise. And watching someone or something or anything give God praise will be good for you and I. In our backyard at home, we have a bird feeder, which isn't doing a whole lot right now, but... When it's good weather, there are times I'll sit from our dining room window and look into the backyard and see this bird feeder. And I'll see all the different kinds of birds that come. Blue jays, beautiful blue jays, and cardinals, and different sparrows and woodpeckers that have yellow breast feathers, and it just looks, wow, God, you did that up good. It's captivating because it reveals God. Now, when the birds start to fight each other for the food, that reveals something else. But our God is captivating, church. When we think about the works of his hands, we're reminded that our God is beautiful. But thinking this way goes beyond just looking at creation. Thinking this way goes beyond just admiring and acknowledging his hand in nature. We need to see God's beauty. We need to see God's power. We need to see God's working in one another. Yeah, here comes the hard part. Because you and I live in a world that is jaded. I will be... um, will freely admit that for the last couple of nights I've been watching the news, something I'm not sure I got blessed by doing. And what I've seen on the evening news for the past couple of nights, one particular theme has concerned me personally. And it's all the crime I've seen in the New York City subways. And why has that particularly bothered me? Because uh, Tuesday, for the first time in three months, I will go back into the office, which means I have to get on the subway. But you know what? God's going to get on with me. God's going to get on with me. Now, I'm still going to look around a whole lot more than I normally do. Because your pastor, although he tries to be diligent, can also at times be empty-headed. And I can just kind of wander on and wander off and not be aware of my surroundings. I will be watching much more diligently. But we live in a jaded world. And what I will not be doing is basically fostering within myself this mistrust for anybody who walks within 10 feet of me. That's a jaded world. We each have people in our lives for which we've become jaded not strangers, people who are closer than that to us. That person is nothing but selfish. They're incapable of doing anything really good. And even if they did something good, they must have this ulterior motive or some reason or some deep selfish motivation for doing it. We think this way about public figures. We think this way about politicians. We think this way about well-known Christian leaders. We think this way about family members but you don't know what that family member did to me pastor you don't know how they hurt me you don't know how they wronged me but i do know there's a god in heaven who can reach them there's a god in heaven who's able we think this way about people who've hurt us in the past That if they did something to us, that means they're forever frozen in time in that state. They're always scheming. They will always be untrustworthy. And because of that, I will always suspect them. question becomes, do we believe God is able? Well, of course he's able, except when it comes to that person. Do we believe God can change people? Of course we do, but not them. Do we believe that God can break through and get through to people? Of course we do. But pastor, you know, even God's got limits. Do we really believe that anyone is beyond the reach of God? And the answer needs to be no. And this doesn't mean we ignore people about where they are on their journey. And it doesn't mean that when someone has hurt us, that we shouldn't take measures to make sure they don't do it again. But we all need to understand that no matter how much pain someone has caused us, God can take them and move them to a different place. God can work in anyone. Everybody sitting here is proof of that. He can take them to a place of honor. He can take them to a place of integrity. He can place them uh, take them to a place of sensitivity, to a place of godliness, to a place of goodness. And how do I believe that and know that? It worked for someone named Paul. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9. For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God within me. Paul persecuted the church. Paul was, Saul was responsible for many brothers and sisters in Christ meeting their end in this life. Now, I believe things have changed over time, but people are basically people. So let's think about this for a minute. Saul was responsible for the death of many Christians and the persecution, the upheaval of many Christian lives. And then he meets Jesus on this Damascus road, and everything changes for him. But how many know when everything changes for someone who's come to the Lord, that doesn't change everybody's mindset? That there were still Christians that even as Paul was doing many great things, could not get past Saul. Could not get past what he was like and what he did, especially if one of the people that he was responsible for having a hand in them dying was close to them. Well, I'm not sure I'm ever going to accept this guy, Paul, because all I see when I look at Paul is Saul. Church, God can work in anyone anyone he can change any sinner and he can change any saint so rather than think the worst of people how about we think as a way of having a good report in our thinking we think gee what could god do in their lives if they would fully yield to him Rather than think about the scandals and believe the worst, embrace that God is still on the throne and still in control. Rather than follow the world's reports, I'm going to believe the Lord's reports. This world is heading in the wrong direction. But the Bible's clear as far as I read it. It doesn't say when you see things falling apart, fall apart with it. It doesn't say when you see things that are crumbling around you, crumble with it. It says when you see things happening, look up. Your redemption draws nigh. Now, we were talking Thursday night at the men's group about the way the world is changing and how it links to end-time prophecy and how it can generate anger and anxiety when you see things happening and that we as we see the day approaching as we see his return coming closer as we really believe that we might be the generation that sees him split the eastern skies that what should we do more and some of the guys were were saying in all good conscience that we should pray more that we should read our Bibles more, that we should witness more. And those are all good things, that we should always all do more. But the Bible really focuses on one thing, that as you see the day approaching, you should do more often, and that's gather together. The more we see our world falling apart, the more the church needs to come together and encourage one another and be a source of strength each and every day. It doesn't surprise me that as the world falls apart, the people of the world fall apart. But when the world falls apart and the church follows, that's not what the scriptures teach us. And we've been given a strength to stand strong no matter what. I will think of good reports. I have to admit, I'm always trying to be transparent. When I got up this morning and I looked at my phone... And it told me what the temperature was outside. (laughs) And then it told me what the wind chill was. So the temperature was freezing, and the wind chill was very freezing. And I turned to my wife, and I said, do you think we could cancel church because of cold? (laughs) Well, you have the eventual outcome of that conversation, because we're all here. But you'll be happy to know, being a loving, caring wife, she said, Honey, I'll follow you wherever you go. (laughs) Even if it meant staying at home and not going out into that frigid cold. There are Christians who are fighting for their lives just to do this. And when they do this, they're arrested and tortured and beaten and murdered. When you see the day approaching, realize we need each other more. If ever, tis Jesus, tis now. If we truly believe, and I'm not saying I don't believe these are the end times, I'm just one who takes a step back and a we'll see attitude. Because I've lived long enough and I've heard enough preachers tell me that Jesus was coming back next week. And obviously that next week came and went. So if someone says, well, I believe this is the generation, then my question is, how much more often are we gathering with the saints? Or are we gathering less? This isn't just about positive thinking in difficult times. This is about thinking on what God could do in our world, what God can do in our nation, and what God can do in the lives of people who seem so far from him right now. That in any circumstance, God can change things. Isn't that the proof of your life? That God changed things. Think on these things. There are good reports out there. In that same newscast with all the trouble in the subway system, I'm grateful they ended with a story of a high school in New Jersey. That there was in the cafeteria a young man with Down syndrome, and he often would just start singing out loud in the middle of the cafeteria when it was full. And what they showed was a cafeteria full of him and all his friends, and they joined in singing together, making him feel wonderful. That's a good report. Now, it meant I had to wade through all the other nonsense to get to the end of the news. But there are good reports out there. I shared last week about the good friends of ours, uh, the Shreves, who are leaving a thriving large church in Georgia to go to the Philippines because they hear God. That's a good report. They want to raise up leaders and plant churches all throughout Southeast Asia in many places where it's illegal to do that. There are genuine Christians giving others giving to others not wanting anything in return simply as praise to God think about those who give up comfortable lives here to serve in challenging places like my friend Mike and Elaine Shreve think about those who no matter what mean things are done to them or mean things are said to them they return love and kindness Think about those who find joy in serving the Lord and in doing so blessing your life. Think on these things. Think on these people. Think on these good reports. Think on these things. It's a mess out there. But God is also out there, which means it's also beautiful out there. Now, right now, our bird feeder is not occupied. There are no blue jays and and cardinals and all these pretty birds showing the glory of God, beating up on each other so they can get food. They're, They're at someplace else. Maybe that's why we like nature shows so much. Because we see just God. When I look at some of these nature shows and see some of the creatures, or look at shows about the world under the sea and some of the types of fish under there, I'm thinking, God, that is strange. You put that fish together? Wow! I never would have thought of that. It's just the same as God saying, You know that person who hurts you? I saw them from the cross and I died for them. And I never would have thought of that either. God is real, church. Think on these things. Stand with me, please.